In this special expert series edition of Self-Directed Investor Talk, Darren Blomquist, vice president of the respected data firm RealtyTrack, gives his insights on the suitability of today's market for house flipping, along with his predictions for what 2017 holds for America's real estate markets. I'm Brian Ellis, your host, and I'd like to welcome you to a very special edition of Self-Directed Investor Talk. Please send your questions and comments to us by email at feedback at sditalk.com or on Facebook or Twitter at SDITalk. With that, Mr. Blomquist, how are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? Very well. Thanks for joining us. Look, I have always or have long been a fan of RealtyTrack and what is now Adam Data Solutions and particularly your, your quarterly home flipping report because that's one of the businesses that we're in. And I have had a look at the Q3 2016 report, and it's kind of interesting because it looks like Overall, the the information is positive. Forty five thousand flips last quarter, with a pretty substantial gross ROI. But some of the other data, such as slowing volume of of flips compared to both last quarter and compared to a year ago, and at least as significantly, the declining percentage of uh, flips funded with cash. Those things raise my eyebrows as as someone who looks at this market. What what do you make of those things? Yeah, I think the decline in flips is, right now, I, I would consider that more of an aberration that's interrupting a long-term tr- trend upward, home flipping. The market is very favorable to home flippers right now. Now, it's becoming tougher because prices are getting so high and, and flip more flippers are jumping into the market. It's becoming more competitive. Right. But still, you have low inventory that's very favor- favorable to flippers there, providing inventory that the new home builders are not. Right. And then you have rising home prices, which is a double-edged sword. It's it's tough. It makes it tougher for flippers to find discounts on the front end. Right. But it makes it a lot easier for them to sell and gives them a cushion to sell on the on the on the back end. So all that to say, I think actually we saw a decrease in overall sales in the third quarter, uh, and I think it's partially a, a reaction to uncertainty around the election. Sure. And so I think we'll see that aberration pick back up in terms of the number of home flips. Now, I think we'll see it shift, uh, in which we're already starting to see to the flippers are shifting to different markets where they can actually find, still find discounts um, uh, on properties on the front end. Or there's more availability in, of discounts uh, a lot of times in the form of foreclosures. Right. In terms of the cash piece of it, there's fewer it's still 68% of flippers are using cash to buy, uh, which compared to the last housing boom, we were seeing about 35% of flippers using wow. cash to buy. Much more of them were using uh, lending. Mm-hmm. But we are seeing that number at an eight-year low, which means there is more availability of funding for flippers uh, rather than having to use their own money in terms of crowdfunding, uh, in terms of uh, you know other alternative sure. financing sources. Sure. And that actually is one of the reasons I think we'll see flipping continue is that's going to enable more flippers to jump in. That may not always be a good thing, but yeah. uh, it's, it is going to push the market higher, I think, in 2017. In, in your analysis, or if you guys track this, who buys those flipped properties, owner-occupants or other investors? Well, I don't have the exact percentage on that, but the majority is owner-occupants. When we look at, uh, we look at that, and we look at who's buying basically as a proxy who's buying the flip with not the flipper buying with cash but if the pro- person there or entity they're pr- selling to is buying with cash and we do see a 
a fairly substantial number selling to other cash buyers, which for us is a good proxy, likely for investors. Right. But the majority is owner occupants. But I think, you know, you look at markets like Memphis and Cleveland and places like that where we're seeing quite a bit of home flipping. And there's a lot, a lot of, of investor to investor to stuff there. Investors yeah. who then are taking those properties and turning them into rentals. They don't want to deal with the, the rehab portion of it. Yeah, I, I halfway wonder if there are any homeowners left in Memphis at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the top market for flipping, uh, and it's also one of the top markets when we look at single-family rentals for purchasing those. Right, right. So you recently had an article called Blue State Buyers Swing to Red State Rentals, which which I thought was interesting. It was kind of uh, uh, a discussion of the whole turnkey rental property phenomenon that's going on, which really really reflects exactly what's going on with the clients of the Self-Directed Investor Society, namely that, that California investors, and in our case particularly those in the Bay Area, are finding it really interesting to buy real estate in the Southeast. Um, what, what's your, what's your take on that? Why is that happening? Yeah, absolutely. I think that investors realize that real estate is one of the best places to get, to still get a return in this low interest rate environment. And, uh, and the stock market is good, but it has been good, but they want to diversify and they say real estate is a great way to do that. But investing in their backyard is really just not, is a non-starter when you're, you just can't cash flow a property right. uh, and flipping. a pro- These are the type of investors who probably don't want to get into flipping. They're, right. they're professionals. They have a day job. And so they're going to those markets where you can cash flow and there's still a lot of lower price properties available um, that, uh, that, uh, that can be purchased and, and cash flow very well. Um, and I would just mention, we're not just seeing it in the South. Southeast is a big center of it, but, you know, we, we actually broke it down for Orange. I know you look at a lot of the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, but we looked at Orange County, California, which is where we are. Uh-huh. And who, where the top counties where Orange County buyers are purchasing rental properties, basically. And not surprisingly, the first few counties were right in the in the immediate vicinity. But in, in the Inland Empire, where prices are cheaper. Uh, but then the, the, after that, you have, of course, Las Vegas uh, Phoenix are near the top, but then you have places like Memphis. Memphis was in the top 10, the yep. Shelby County there of places that, that Calif- Orange County buyers are purchasing rental properties. You had, uh, Wayne County, Michigan though, too, which is not really Southeast. That's Detroit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was one is, was in the top 10 for places that Orange County buyers are purchasing rental properties. So that was, that's interesting. Uh, that was an eye opener. And, and certainly we see, Anecdotally, we hear a lot about that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Darren, in February or so of this year, you had an article out that had some housing predictions, some forecasts for for 2016. So I wanted to take a minute to hold your feet to the fire, so to speak, see how things actually worked out in practice. Let's let's look at the, the predictions here that... Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if these are your predictions or the predictions of the other experts that uh, were cited in the article, but the key ideas here were, number one, the prediction for growing rental rates and moderate home price growth, uh, which should force more people to uh, or motivate more people to look to buy in 2016. Uh, the second. And we did. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll just stop you. I yeah. mean, we did see uh 
that pretty much play out. The home price growth mm-hmm. was stronger than I expected. It's about 5% for the year, which okay. is actually a little bit stronger, but it is uh, it is moderating. We were at, at double-digit price growth, so now we've come down. Rental rates continue to be to be strong. Right, right. So that was a, a, a definite check mark. So the second prediction was mortgage rates will rise, which should help boost uh, the number of buyers out there. And it looks like that one uh, was a, a little less accurate, I guess. It started to rise at the end of the year. Right, yeah. It, get that right if you count uh, the last couple months of the year, but it really didn't rise. You know, the Fed, a year ago, it feels like Groundhog Day. A year ago, the <laughs> Fed was raising rates in December and, and predicting that they would raise rates throughout 2016, and it didn't happen. Uh, now they're doing the same thing again, so we'll see if that happens in 2017. I do. So really uh we're we're off the mark there but um i think more that you know the fed has limited control really over mortgage yeah. rates so i think what we saw following the election is more uh, of going to be a driver uh, of rising interest rates um than yeah. uh than the fed necessarily but i do expect to see that going into 2017 yeah i think we're all surprised that the rates didn't go higher than they did and then that third prediction was inventory is expected to remain a problem in 2016. That, that certainly looks to be continue to be true. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a major theme, and it's a ch- I think for most people view it as a challenge in this housing market. But it's really it's a good problem to have yeah. because it's keeping it's kind of a safety net for this market. Even if we are seeing some bubbles forming, some overheated markets. Those markets typically do not have an oversupply of inventory, which means even if you see demand fall, there's kind of a safety net of low inventory yeah, yeah. to keep those markets chugging along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, this this leads me to the, the predictable final question. You did pretty well in predicting 2016. You definitely got two right, and the one was, you know, kind of flat. So <laughs> what does 2017 look, look, look like for you? What do you expect to happen? Well, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and do, as I mentioned, uh, we will see interest rates rise, and I think we're seeing that already at the, at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, I, but I think we'll see more uh, sub- substantive rising of rates in, in 2017 that will, and then that in turn is an important factor that will start to, to, to slow down some of these overheated markets in terms of home sales and home prices particularly. So Again, you know, we're at about 5% appreciation this year. I think we'll see it go down to uh, 2 to 3% appreciation. And this is a nationwide number, of course. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's a lot of variance from market to market. But I think in general, we'll see cooling appreciation. We will see, I think, a surge in, in home sales early in the year. We already saw it a little bit in November. Uh, in, as people try to beat out the higher interest rates, that's going to be an overriding factor. Um, sure. Another prediction that's a little more uh, localized in nature is, I think, I'm very bullish on the Rust Belt. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, you know, they were a big part of the election mm-hmm. and uh, in determining the election. And there's been a lot of talk by now President-elect Trump to to invest in infrastructure. And there seems to be a lot of bipartisan support for that. And the cities that need the most infrastructure improvement are, tend to be in the Rust Belt. Yeah, they're going to fill the uh, love. A lot of places like Flint, Michigan, that yeah. <laughs> have aging water systems and, and whatnot. And as 
if we see that investment happening, that's going to really help um, housing in yeah. those markets and improve the, the overall value of the housing market. Awesome. Awesome. Darren, thank you so much for your time. I am very grateful to you, and hopefully we'll uh, get to have you back on and maybe dig a little bit deeper into the single-family rental market, because I know that's an area of expertise for you and Adam Data Solutions. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, uh, glad to glad to be here and happy to come back at some point in the future. Awesome. Thanks, sir. My friends, that concludes our interview today with Mr. Darren Blomquist of RealtyTrack, a.k.a. Data, Adam Data Solutions. If you enjoyed what you just heard, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at SDI Talk or on Facebook at SDI Talk or at SDITalk.com. Thank you for listening.